Heroes Breakfast under <laughs> underway this morning. Our Friday Road Show at Scramblers. Veterans, you get free breakfast. We've got one hour under our belt. Two more to go. And if uh, you get out of here before 9 a.m., you're going to get yourself that free breakfast if you are a veteran. What's the problem with it? Now, I had that fixed. I had it fixed. I broke it. It's uh, I'll, I'll uh, During traffic, I'll fix it for you. I'm having trouble with it. It's acting a little funky. I think you need to. I know what to do. I'll fix it. Uh, Dr. John Lilly is joining us this morning, and he was finagling around with the microphone, and so it became problematic. And <laughs> uh, Air services, heating, cooling, plumbing, electrical, delta roofing, and serenity honors, along with scramblers buying breakfast this morning here for all of the veterans until 9 a.m. Uh, so keep that in mind when you're out. And you're trying to figure out where it is you want to have breakfast. We also do have a number of the 1041 KSGF uh, stickers for your vehicle or your laptop or whatever. Uh, we generally do have those out here, but I oftentimes forget to mention them. So if you want one of those, uh, they, they are the background is clear. So it's great for a window. A lot of people like to put an order just on your vehicle. And they aren't like the old bumper stickers that when you put it on, it can be a real hassle to pull off. They come off. Uh, with a, a significant amount of ease. So if that is a reason that you don't normally put stickers on your car because you uh, you think it's going to be a real hassle to get off, you don't have to let that stop you, that's for sure. So come by and get one of those. We've got a few different versions. There's specifically a morning show one. There's a straight-up 1041 KSGF. And then there's one with sort of uh, a, a camo, red and blue camo background to it. Weather here in just a moment. There is a chance we'll see snow at the beginning part of next week. Right now, let's get the latest news. First alert forecast sponsored by Navant. Employee benefits that work. Sunny with a high near 37 today, mostly clear. Tonight, low around 22. Sunny, 35 tomorrow. Sunday, sunny, a high near 45. And then that 40% chance of snow before 1 on Monday. Otherwise cloudy with a high near 39. I should I should mention, because a number of you that are here, uh, there's a little consistency in the joke about how different Sarah looks. Uh, because it's actually Houston out here, and Sarah's doing some new stuff uh, with Jason Rima being gone, and so she's in studio. And so they actually swapped, because you, you hear us uh, talk to or reference Houston oftentimes in studio. He, that's him out here, and then Sarah's in studio, so they just kind of swapped. Just wanted to throw that out there so people didn't find themselves very confused. Dr. Lilly, how are you, sir? Just fine. Hey, it's good to see you. <clears throat> I noticed our congressman-elect oh, just walked in. Uh, oh, yep, there he is. Well, maybe we'll be able to pull him over if he hangs out long enough. His He had one of the best commercials with his two girls. It was a cute com- commercial. The nerd commercial. Yeah, I thought those, oh, those girls are really cute. They are, and the one... One where one of them said, you know, and uh, you know, he said, Ted Cruz supported him, and the other one goes, "Who?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was. When, when, and I, when there's an ad like that, it, it can walk a fine line between being hokey and being cute and funny. And I really liked it, but I also didn't know if it was because I know all of them. Right. Because I know those girls, I've known them for a very long time, and so I thought, do I just really like this because I know the, the personality of those yes. girls or so forth? But uh, I, yeah, I thought it was a really good ad. Yeah, I thought that yeah. it, you know, it was 
self-deprecating humor. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, making a fun of himself and, a little bit. You know, with the, with the nerd, the nerd right. commercial. And part of it also that I liked about it is because a lot of times you do see political ads, and it's a cliche, where you have the elected official and get the family in there and they act like they're all lovey when a lot of times they may not even live together, they hate each other, they're constantly, but that is that family. Right. And so, you know, and because I know that, it just, I don't know, it was something real nice and genuine and authentic about it. Yeah, I forgot about that ad. It was a good one. All right. Uh, actually, let's go ahead and jump to traffic, and then we'll start off here. State holidays, December, January. We've got uh, a number of other things lined up here with Dr. John Lilly this morning. I'm Nick Reed. Oh, you are? Hey, all right. Fantastic. Springfield's Talk 104.1. Sorry, I was just uh, chatting with a listener who's going to go on his first great escape. He will fill the slot, the the the... The vacancy of the lilies, I guess. Yes. So sad you'll not be there. My, my co-host, you're not going to be there. The Fulneckis are not going to be there because they're actually going to be in Mexico for a couple weeks prior to that or something. I forget exactly what it is. And, and I mean, you you two are my go-tos. i got to find... Yeah, you got to find i got to find somebody else. Stooge. Don Carricker's going. Oh, good. So I, I can use him, but he may have no interest in doing that. I don't know. Right. Maybe like, are you kidding me? I don't think so. I'm going to be on the beach getting ripped. Uh, all right. I remember the first one we went on, Those and it was in Mexico. Yeah. And there was so much stuff that went wrong, and it took four hours for that first like three or four hours, the first recording that we did. And we oh, started it went wrong on our end. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yes. you know, Yeah, the, well, it was our first time, and, and, yeah, doing the recording, and I remember there was <laughs> the, the battery on the laptop was draining so fast, but we couldn't keep it plugged in because it there was interference. It was yeah. causing a buzz. And so we would have to do a segment and then charge it for a bit. Plug yeah, it in it for did. 20 it minutes, and we're sitting Remember there. Remember that huge, it was like a crane or some sort of bird that flew through because yeah. we were in that open area. But that was a real pretty area yeah. where we did the show. Anyway, well, anyway. Memory, memory lane, memory lane. December holidays, there's not too many, and we've already missed all of them. There's state holidays. State holidays. We have one federal, Christmas, oh, yes, obviously. Yes, yes. State holidays, back on the 3rd, was Betty L. Thompson Day. Mm. It's to honor the life and work of Betty L. Thompson. They used to put... I, I have no idea who... And I have no idea who... You know, they used to put that, you know, information mm. in here. And the, the last couple of years, all they do is this little brief thing. Well, so, that, I, you know... <laughs> uh, of course, you and I joke about the fact that is this really what government's doing with its time but if you're going to do it by gosh you should at least do it right if the whole point is to honor somebody you don't even say who she is yeah betty thompson's her name betty thompson thompson okay yeah well betty we salute you whoever you are or were back on the fourth there's a couple of things one was pks day Say, what the heck is it? Is it a disease? Plaster Killian Mosaic Syndrome. No, it's a syndrome. Yeah. It's one of these genetic disorders that 
causes all kinds of problems. Uh, also on the 4th was Alpha Phi Alpha Day, which was to commemorate the founding of the first black intercollegiate Greek letter fraternity established for African Americans. Okay. Um, seventh is obviously Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. And the 15th today is Bill of Rights Day. Mm. And you're supposed to, the Bill of Rights should be read in public schools and the day should be remembered with appropriate exercises. The Bill of Rights should be read in all courtrooms that meet or convene, and the Bill of Rights shall be read in both chambers of the General Assembly on the first legislative day after Bill of Rights Day. I'll bet so, they don't do uh, that. Yeah, I was going to say, so how many classrooms, how many courtrooms, how many do you think? Yeah. And, and the thing is, those are all government entities. So Yeah. So you've got the government declaring it, instructing it. But here the government itself probably isn't even doing it. Yes. Now, that's probably referring to the U.S. Constitution, Bill of Rights. They should be reading Article 1 of the Missouri Constitution, which is Missouri Constitution's Bill of Rights, which is, I think it's got 38, 37, 38 sections. It'll take them a while to read all that. But that's what they should it's very be very dry. <laughs> very dry reading. Yeah. Okay, January. Since we're not going to be here for the rest of the month. Um, January, federal holidays, New Year's Day, and the third is Martin Luther King Day. Uh, the 15th is Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Day, which is, take a guess, Alpha Kappa what? Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. Oh, oh, first uh, black sorority. Yes, that's the the black sorority that was founded at Howard University in Washington, D.C. So that was the first intercollegiate historically African-American sorority. January 3rd is Martin Luther King Jr. Day? That's what I got written down. Maybe it's February. Because we have that day off, don't we? Yeah, I thought it was later, too. Might be. I'll have what to is, check. What is going on over here? Where did you get this list? Oh, I got it off of the <laughs> the uh, Missouri Revised Statutes. Is it a is it a state day, or are we talking? Is that the national? No, that's the federal. Oh, the federal. Yeah, Houston's looking so. it up over here. Research man. Yeah, I, it seems like it is later. Yeah. The sixteenth of. Uh, oh, it is in January. So it's, I didn't realize it was that early still. Hmm. Oh, the third Monday. I'm sorry. Oh, so the there, we go. there we go. All right. I well, didn't read. I saw third. Third I, Monday. Listen, I, I didn't. I, I just wanted to know what day I was going to have off. I was just. <laughs> that's all. You know what? Actually, I think that I requested that I was going to take that day off anyhow. Yeah, I know. Actually, no. Did it? Yeah, I think it did. Okay. Uh, well, let's take a break. I feel like things are just moving along swimmingly this morning. <laughs> I, I don't know. Some of these days, I just feel like I'm, I'm not clicking along very smoothly. I think it's the hero's breakfast. Things are a little discombobulated. You got uh, a lot of people coming in, and uh, I guess he's taking the rest of that cinnamon roll with him. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. 
Heroes Breakfast. Veterans, you got till 9 a.m. to get your free breakfast here at Scramblers. And if you get here before 8, you can eat while watching Dr. John Lilly. Yeah. Perform. Uh, <laughs> I don't know whether that's a treat or not, but... <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. like, you know, watching him make sausage. Yeah. You know. Don't watch, flatter watch yourself. Make uh, laws and sausage. Sausage is delicious. Uh, MRA legislative priorities. This is Missouri Republican Assembly. Yes. And uh, I always feel the need to point out that it's not a governmental entity. The word assembly, I think a lot of times people uh, infer from that that it's the assembly. But this was a, an organization set up by yeah. Ronald Reagan. Reagan. Uh, 60s, 70s? When, uh, uh, I think it was officially in, it might have been in the 80s. Oh, even in the 80s. And, and uh, if I recall, uh, the point was to have citizens keep the Republican Party in check. Right. Okay. So... Um, the MRA legislative priorities. One of the things that the, the MRA does is our main emphasis is influence at the state level, and that's in the capital in Jefferson City. And we were, to, for an exa- for example, two years ago, we got uh, we helped get the Second Amendment Preservation Act passed. That had. Six, I think it was 60 co-sponsors, had more co-sponsors than any other piece of legislation that has gone through Jefferson City. So th- that was one they worked very hard on it. So what we like to do is get just a handful of, of bills and pick those and say, okay, we're going to go up there and really push for these bills. So the I am the chairman of the uh, legislative committee for the for the state. So there's eight of us on the committee, and what we did was we met and decided what areas of of, of uh, interest we're going to have <clears throat> to to focus on. So we came we came down with six of them, and now we're going through since they have pre-filed legislation. We're now in the process of getting which specific bills that we're going to pass. So okay. we, haven't got, we haven't got through the process. But the areas that we're looking at is, number one, COVID vaccine mandate for schools. Because the CDC came out and said, we think we are going to require schools to um, do the COVID vaccine for kids. So there, and that is getting considerable pushback. Right. Uh, so we're looking at some of the legislation that pro- that will prohibit or give an out so that parents mm-hmm. can say, no, I don't want my kids to get right. vaccinated. Uh, the second area is school choice. And I have heard from some state legislators that this might be a hot topic this year. And we're looking for legislation that gives real school choice so that you can uh, use money that would go to whatever district you live right. in that would go to them that goes to a different school in that district, a school, a, a government school that's out in another district, or even have that go to a private school. So that is when you get real school choice <laughs> is when the, the money 
follows the kid. Now, I've heard that description used while talking about Arizona's school choice. I don't know a lot about it, but I, I hear that often that that it is uh, meaningful in that sense. Yes. So is that a model that you all have looked at? Is we, that something Yeah, that's, that's one we've looked at. Theirs is, uh, they passed it uh, last year. And I pulled the thing up. It's a long bill. Well, sure. There is a lot of qualifications. Mm. Uh, the school that you're going to has to have this, 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 and this, and this. Uh, but if you meet all these qualifications, you can, and it does, you can go to private schools, parochial schools. You can take and get that money transferred wherever. And so it does give the the parents are now in control yeah. Of the education of their kids. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't depend on where you live. You're not right. locked into a school. So, yeah, that's one of the the bills that we have looked at. And I'd like to get something a little simpler, but... <clears throat> well, it certainly helps to have something in place because uh, oftentimes legislators are very nervous about trying new things. And so if you yeah. say, listen, they've done it here, the world didn't fall apart, uh, parents are really liking it. It's working out nicely, so we can have a version of that. We'll continue on here with Dr. John Lilly. It is a Heroes Breakfast, free breakfast for veterans until 9 o'clock as uh, we broadcast live that free breakfast. Thanks to Scramblers, Serenity Honors, Air Services, Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, Electrical, and Delta Roofing. I'm Nick Reed. First alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements. Sunny high near 37 today, mostly clear overnight, 22. Sunny, 35 tomorrow. Sunday, a high of 45 and a 40% chance of snow before 1 p.m. on Monday with a high near 39. And we've got Dr. John Lilly here. Continuing with the uh, Missouri Republican Assembly legislative priorities, the third area is initiative, petition, and uh, resolution, referendum, reform. Right now, uh, if you have enough money, you can hire people. You want to get this is how you know medical marijuana got on as part of the Constitution. Somebody went out and hired a bunch of people to get the signatures, and then all you have to do is get a majority of the the votes. And liberals, if they get St. Louis, Kansas City, and Columbia, you can get a majority of the vote, and the rest of the state. Eh, too bad. Uh, so it is an initiative petition is a way that the citizens have to get around the General Assembly. It's a way to change the laws or the Constitution without having it go through the General Assembly. But what it's devolved into is if you got enough money, you can get stuff on the ballot. So... We looked into, and, and every year there's a whole bunch of resolutions with different ways to change this. And I th- we have, have come up with, uh, and Ron Calzone has also uh, is advocating this, is called a concurrent majority. Now, what's a concurrent majority? It's more than just a majority vote. You have to have a majority of something else. Like the Electoral College is a concurrent. You have to have a majority of... The, the, the votes rep- from the House of Representatives, but also the states, so that, you know, it's, it's a majority in the Electoral College, but that represents the, 
essentially the popular vote and state vote. Uh, so what we think is the best one is a combination of the popular vote and you have to have a majority of the representative districts approve it also. There's 163 representative districts. So you've got to get, uh, what's that, 82, 83. You've got to get 83, you've got to get 50% of those, and that's going to cover a, a broad area of the state. So getting another, a, a better way to require that to get a constitutional amendment passed. If it's a really, really good constitutional amendment, you'll get it passed. If it's an interest group that wants it, you're probably not going to get it passed. Well, there have been attempts. In the like One of the things that I've always had a problem with is you only need to hit so many congressional districts right now, yes, correct? Yes, to get it on the ballot. Which I think you should have to hit all of them because to your point, what they do is they always go to the areas that have high concentration of liberty. They never hit like the 7th Congressional District. Right. And, and, and people who don't like the idea, they're like, well, they're trying to make it harder for people to, I'm like, you know what? Amending the Constitution shouldn't necessarily be the easiest thing in the world. I, I mean, you know. Exactly. I, th- this idea that everything should be easier, uh, I don't uh, necessarily agree with. Right. Uh, there are certain things that shouldn't be so easy. We should not have uh, bingo in, in the, the Constitution. Constitution. We should not have medical marijuana. That should yeah. be in the revised statutes. should not have that. We have human cloning. In the Missouri Constitution, back from 2002 oh, yeah. to that. something. Um, so, yeah, it, sh- it should be possible, but mm. not easy. Right. Uh, the fourth thing is limiting federal and state authority. And we're just starting to look into these, these bills. And some of them, uh, they will require, it's, it's to limit the resolutions and uh, rules and regulations that the federal government passes that we have to be subject to. And I think there's some bills that require uh, the whole General Assembly or some part of it has to approve those before they're good in Missouri. So it's something like that. But there's different ways to, to control the, the state and a federal authority. Um, the next one is red flag laws to oppose red flag laws and red flag laws are uh, ones where if you think somebody is has a is a risk for some extreme some extreme risk you can have the uh, law enforcement go and confiscate all their firearms and what you're doing is you are limiting a person's right to defend right. themselves. I think we should have red flag laws regarding journalists. I mean, if the Constitution's up for grabs, and be like, you know what? Um, I think that that person is is doing harm to uh, our our country uh, with the, the the negative coverage they're giving or the bias coverage, and so I should be able to call and and uh, then uh, the government take away their right to. Uh, uh, have you know their exercising of the free press? Yeah. I suspect they wouldn't support that as quickly as they like to support red flag laws. In the right. Yeah. And the last one is uh, ranked choice voting, mm. which 
a great example in Alaska, uh, Sarah Palin got gypped out of right. the the. It was a primary that they used it in, and because there was only one Democrat on the ballot, they ended up getting elected. I just I, ranked choice voting is something that I cannot wrap my mind around people so adamantly wanting it unless they have some ulterior motive. Now, I know that there are people that don't have ulterior motives for whatever, but there was this article, and it was about one of the elections in Alaska, and people complaining that ranked choice voting is the reason things didn't turn out the way that they should have. And the, the editorial was that, yes, it did, and then it explained why. And there were like four separate paragraphs explaining just how it is ranked choice voting work. And I'm like, if you if it takes four paragraphs just to explain the concept of this, it's not a good idea. Right. We live in a country where we, in my opinion, go way overboard in order to make voting simple. I mean, to the point where... You know, you have some states, well, we'll come get it for you a month in advance. You know, we'll help you fill it out. We'll make that legal. But then at the same time, some of those same people want this way of voting that is so convoluted that most people don't even understand how it works. And people who do understand it, it takes several paragraphs for them to explain it. Right. It's just, it's so unnecessary to me. And most of the voting public is very uneducated on what's on the ballot. A perfect example was the... Uh, I served as an election judge in uh, in August, and that's when uh, there was um, oh, there was one of the, it was one of the uh, medical marijuana things was on the, on about. I think were there two 30, or the, no? I think or it was, was just, just one. one this past. Okay, there was thirty nine pages, and yeah. the election as an election judge at, at every precinct, you have to post all of the things that are going to appear on the ballot. And people would come up and say, well, how do I vote on this? And all we can do is say, right. uh, there's the 39 pages. Go read that yeah. and make up your mind. So, you know, there's those are some of the things that were, but there hasn't been any ranked choice so far, no ranked choice mm. legislation. But I tell you, another, and, and, and I, I don't think it's a threat, but also what we need to keep our eye on is to make sure that we do not get suckered into this national vote crap that so many other states right. have done. And I say we don't have to worry about it, but I know at one point Lincoln Huff was a supporter of it. If yeah. you have Republicans that that you know somehow believe that it is a good idea, then we can't pretend as if it's not a threat. Yeah. All right. We got more Dr. John Lilly coming up here in just a couple of moments as we broadcast live the Friday Road Show from Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. <laughs> My name's Nick Reed. Dr. John Lilly joins us. Yes. Uh, well, that's those are the the six areas that the MRI, and we're still going through the legislation okay. to figure out which ones we're going to push. But those are the ones. Bills that we're going to concentrate when we go up to, and we're planning on going to Jefferson City quite a bit okay. uh, to to push specific legislation. And we're just going to handful of, of bills uh, to push. Um, little perspective on 
life. Wow. Liber- liberals versus conservatives. Um, class, classic liberal, it's now called right. conservative, they tend to emphasize the individual. It is uh, individual life, liberty, what can the individual, what are we free to do? We should, government should be helping us to do more things that, that we want to do. And property. Property is from life and liberty. So every day that we live, that we do something, we get some compensation for that. So we give up a day of our life to get something for it. That becomes our property. Right. That is that is the individual's choice as to what he wants to do with that property. The progressives that are now called liberals, mm-hmm. they tend to emphasize the group. Right. You know, uh, they don't recognize. The yeah, the collective. They don't recognize life. They're pro-abortion. They. Uh, liberty, uh, you should you shouldn't have to to get permission from the government to do most of what you want to do, and property businesses are now public accommodations. They're not real private property. Right. Uh, they are taxed. So if you don't pay the taxes, you lose mm-hmm. your private property. Uh, why should I lose my private property because you know I can't pay a tax for one year right um, so those that's a, a broad way to look at you know conservatives versus versus liberals well and you, you just you noted for the purpose of context the fact that these definitions have changed uh, and they do change over time Uh I mean, of course, we see definitions changing at a rapid pace nowadays, but um, it used to seem like it was more of a generational uh, uh, deal. And, and I first really recognized the significance of this um, when I had purchased years ago um, Road to Serfdom. Yes. And the intro to it was explaining, you know, okay, there are terms in here, you're going to see the term liberal, but... You know, when when Hayek wrote this this piece, this book, what would become a book, um, liberal meant sort of what conservative would be today, and so uh, and they gave you that heads up because otherwise it would be confusing. You're like, wait a minute, this doesn't sound like liberal at all, and it's not by today's version. But um, and and even internationally, uh, it's interesting you hear oftentimes Nazis or neo-Nazis referred to as extreme right when the Nazis were the socialist party of Germany which is left yes and and so even reports that a lot of times you'll see them on the news talking about international different stories and so forth and they'll talk well a right wing this or so forth and and oftentimes that doesn't really tell you anything. In fact, it could mislead you as to what their beliefs really truly are in terms of government and in yeah. the lives of people. And uh, and I, it, it's a cliche. People, they say, well, I don't like labels. And I've gotten to where I don't like them because they're misleading oftentimes and because they're interchangeable. They change what, what is right here is different than what's right over there and, and vice versa. But most people don't know that. So they hear uh, a movement labeled as being right-wing or left-wing uh, in some other country, and then most people assume it means the same thing that it means here, 
when that's not the case. And I, I don't know if this is true or not. You may know that the origins of left versus right was from where each party or was seated actually, and I don't know if it was Parliament or when the original when it, uh, originally that that terminology came about, and there was the body on the left side of, again, whether it was a parliament or whatever governing body it was, and then one on the right, and that's where that came from, the terminology of the left and the right. Sounds right. I'm not sure, but it sounds good. Yeah. Well, all right. We'll go with it. It's true, then. Absolute fact check and true. More with Dr. John Lilly from Scramblers this morning, the Friday Road Show, sponsored by Affordable Towing and a Hero's Breakfast till 9 a.m., free breakfast for veterans. I'm Nick Reed. Houston did some research, and I was right in my instinct or my memory, just not, you know, I didn't know the specifics. We're talking about right and left, and we hear that terminology used all the time. And and it was during the French Revolution and uh, those in in Parliament that were, what, pro-king were on the right side physically, while those that were not supportive of the king were on the left side, and that were those were the origins of descriptions of political parties, if you will, uh, the right versus the left. And ultimately, again, uh, the point I was making is that I, there's the, the, there are these assumptions that left means this one certain thing and right means this one certain thing, but one, that changes over time, and two, that can be totally different depending on what country and culture you're in as well. Well, that was back when, you know, the French were actually influential, <laughs> you know, no longer. Mm. Well, they are with uh, food, maybe, I guess. Yeah. You Wine? Know. Wine? Wine, yeah. I... Horror films. They <laughs> do. They, let me tell you, when you watch French horror films, you realize there's something a little bit wrong with those people. Okay. They're very, very, very dark and twisted. I always wondered because it, it seems like the government is is has really shifted to the left uh, recently, and I wondered where this got started. And I was reading the book "Losing Ground" by Charles Murray. Oh, <clears throat> and he kind of hit on it. I'm going to read a little from from his book. The shift in assumptions first became apparent in 1964. By the end of 1967, probably earlier, the nature of political dialogue had been altered unrecognizably. It was not just that by the end of 1967, certain types of legislation had more support than formerly, but the premises, the unconscious, everybody knows that premises, shifted in the minds of people who were instrumental in making policy. We may debate the list of new premises in their order uh, of priority. Theodore White, among many others, described a shift from equality of opportunity to equality of outcome uh, as a fundamental change. The sponsors of the Civil Rights Act in 1964, with Hubert Humphrey in the lead, had come down adamantly on the side of equality of opportunity in the nation, and the nation was to be colorblind. The wording of the legislation itself expressly disassociated its provisions from preferential treatment. Yet only a year later, speaking at Howard University commencement exercises, Lyndon Johnson was proclaiming uh, the, the next and most profound stage of the battle for civil rights, namely the battle is uh, not just for equality as a right and theory, but equality as a fact and equality as a result. A few months later, Executive Order 11246 required affirmative action. 
by 1967, people who were opposed to preferential measures for minorities to overcome the legacy of discrimination were commonly seen as foot-draggers on civil rights, if not closet racists. A number of writers have pointed to a combination of two events, the ascendancy of legal stipulations as the only guarantor of fair treatment and the contemporaneous balkanization of American population into discrete minorities. Before 1964, blacks were unique. They constituted the only group suffering discrimination so pervasive and so persistent that laws for that group were broadly accepted as necessary. By 1967, blacks were just one of many minorities, all seeking equal protection. So it, in a short little time period, it went from, well, blacks need protection to any minority said, no, and, and I need to get the judicial system to make a ruling that says I need protection too. And so that was the start of all these little right. minorities that has grown and grown and grown well, and now since we, then. Yeah, and uh, what, what we've created, which to me is the antithesis of what the country is about, is essentially a social caste system, uh, ironically, in the name of equality, yes. which, of course, the... The cast, cast system, system is. itself is anything but. Dr. Yeah. John Lilly, thank you, sir, as always. Merry Christmas. News in 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed.